Hi, it's Melissa Moore, and welcome to Mile High Magazine. Happy to have you with us on this Sunday morning. Looking forward to today's conversation with Dr. Ariana Howitt. She is the clinical director of On Our Sleeves and the pediatric psychologist at Nationwide Children's Hospital. Good morning, Dr. Howitt. Good morning. Well, first off, let's talk a little bit about the organization On Our Sleeve. What is that? Yeah, so On Our Sleeves is an organization with a mission of giving free educational resources to every community in the U.S. with a goal of helping any adult with a child in their life learn how to promote the mental health and wellness of children. So we're all about creating evidence-informed resources that help not just break stigmas, but build an understanding into mental health literacy, mm-hmm. and then learn what those skills and habits kids need on, on a daily to be mentally healthy. Yeah, I'm looking at your website for On Our Sleeves right now, which, by the way, is onoursleeves.org, and you've got different topics on there, you know, do's and don'ts when talking mm-hmm. about mental health with children, helping kids cope with divorce and separation. I mean, you've got a lot of great resources on here. And and what I love is here it is Black History Month, and you've got talking to kids about race and racism on there, too. Yes, yes. We really, um, our goal is to talk about anything that we know impacts a child's mental health. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that a lot of things impact a child's mental health. So anything from the stigma, like you mentioned, the do's and don'ts, our language matters, to, you know, big life events like mm-hmm. divorce. And then, of course, for our children of diverse backgrounds, it's important that we're talking about what racism looks like in their life and how it impacts their mental health. So we have so many topics, and and I like to highlight that everything on our website is free. All of our resources are free and and really meant to help any adult that, that has a child in their life. So not just parents and caregivers, but teachers, coaches, mentors, anyone with a child to, to support their mental health. Yeah, you definitely have a lot of different diverse articles on the website. Now, what about someone who is looking for a therapist? Do you deal with that as well? That's a good question. So we have information on there on um, how to find, how to go about getting help. We have information on numbers to call, depending on what state you live in. And then we have educational resources of what kind of therapies are out there? What are kind of different mental health professionals? What mm-hmm. do I look for if I'm worried about sadness versus nervousness versus self-harm? And so we do not, per se, connect a family with a, uh, a mental health professional, but we give the families the information they need to ask the questions and the phone numbers to call to then connect their child with a resource. One of the things that caught my eye, one of the articles, is warning signs of kids with anxiety. And... Mm-hmm. It caught my eye because I have a friend of mine who's got a five-year-old daughter. They've been concerned about this for a while. And it just really made me think, okay, what age do we really start thinking about mental health and mental health issues with children? Is there a certain age? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I like to say from the moment they're born, all of us as humans have emotions. We all feel. And just like we talk about the importance of talking to our babies when they're born and teaching them words teaching them colors and the numbers, it's important we start teaching them emotion words. Mm-hmm. It's important we start teaching them, you know, as toddlers, how do I cope with emotions? How do I calm down? And so the conversation should start from day one. Um, in terms of when to look out for signs, uh, it varies, of course, depending on their child, their environment, 
Um, but we know that kids as, as under five can start showing behavioral concerns if they're going through something difficult in their life. So we want to really, again, from a very early age, be on the lookout for signs that our child may be having a hard time coping with emotions. So I'm assuming looking at the articles online and hearing you talk when we're talking about events maybe that are difficult for a child, something like divorce could trigger some mental health challenges. Yes, and, it, and it'll look different, right? If I have a child that's under five, they don't have the language or the cognitive abilities quite yet to fully process something like divorce or maybe like a national or sorry, um, a uh, like a, a weather event or something like right. that, right? So, so we may see in them regression behaviors. Maybe they were toilet trained and now they're having accidents. We may see more tantrums or meltdowns. We see it come out behaviorally. Uh, an older child, a teenager, they may show different behaviors. They may show more irritability, more acting out, isolation. I'm not interested in things anymore. And so it looks different depending on the age. But really what I always tell parents to look out for is, you know your child best. If you notice a change that's persisting over time and lasting for weeks at a time, almost every day, mm-hmm. that should be something for you to pay attention to. Where do they start that journey? I mean, I know you've got great re- resources online, but in their in their own city with their own doctor, do they go to the pediatrician first or where does that journey start? Yeah, it depends on, on where the person lives, right? There are places, of course, you know, cities, for example, have a lot more resources. Um, but, you know, thinking about your child and, and their community as a team, you as a parent or caregiver are part of that team, but their teachers, their school staff, their pediatrician, they're all there to support your child as they develop. And so reaching out to the people that you feel the most comfortable if you start to worry. So the pediatrician may have some suggestions of of behavioral health professionals. The school may have someone that works within the school environment that Mm -hmm. can support the child. And so even neighbors, you know, mental health is still a stigmatized topic, but Sometimes it's surprising when you reach out to a friend, a family member, a neighbor, and mention you're having concerns, and then they can say, oh, my child goes to therapy, and, and here's this person I recommend. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if someone's recommending you a therapist and they're having success with that therapist, that's that's wonderful to know. You brought up something interesting, and the fact that there still is a stigma around mental health, whether it's a child or an adult, how do we get rid of that stigma? Yeah, I mean, you know, stigma exists for a lot of different reasons, but when we think about it, it it really comes down to we we tend to fear the things we don't know, right? There, there, that's a little bit of where that stigma comes from. And so the more we talk about it, the more we normalize it, the less that stigma will be. Um, people are always so surprised when someone's finally brave enough to share. The, the, the people around them then say, yeah, I've had that same experience or me too. But we all kind of keep it to ourselves. And mm-hmm. so part of what we do it on our sleeves is we partner with, we have what called a social impact team. So we partner with influencers and celebrities to really talk about mental health, to share their stories, to normalize it. And and we share the statistics to remind everyone that children also have emotions. Children can also struggle with mental health. And it doesn't mean that that you did something bad as a parent. It's just, you know, we're human. And so the more we talk about it, the more we normalize it, the more comfortable people get with talking about it and sharing their own experience. That is definitely a great message to get across. And talking about statistics and mental health with children, what are some of the statistics that you're currently seeing? The the big statistics we highlight on our sleeves is this uh, 
um, one in five children are living with a mental health diagnosis. And, and when we say one in five, this is pre-pandemic. So this is from a data that the CDC released that collected information from 2009 to 2019. We also know from that same data that 50% of lifetime mental illness starts by the age of 14. Mm. And so, again, mental health and mental illness is something we should be talking about in children, not just in adults. We know that these numbers were increasing pre-pandemic. The pandemic made it worse. And so we do know that there was increases in hopelessness, sadness, thoughts of suicide, and that that has only gotten worse because of the pandemic. Well, and that's what I was going to ask you, because I think one of the good things to come out of the pandemic is that we are talking about mental health and mental illness more. But everyone I've talked to and interviewed has talked about a huge uptick in stress and mental health challenges for folks, especially kids, because of the pandemic. Did you see that as well? Yes, we did. And and last year, the CDC released a report uh, of high school kids where 42% of them said that they felt persistently sad or hopeless following the pandemic. So, so yes, we see that increase. Um, and again, the numbers were already, the trends were already alarming before the pandemic. And then the pandemic being such a disruptor and stressor um, has definitely made it worse. So, Doctor, a question for you. I had read that suicide was the second leading cause of death for 15 to 25 year olds. Now, first, is that still correct? Yes, that is correct. So what can we do then to help this age group? Well, really, you know, we want to focus on the upstream, meaning we don't just want to wait until a child is in crisis, right? So we want to build the mental health habits and behaviors, the coping tools and strategies that help protect their children from stressors. We want to build healthy relationships with their parents, caregivers, their teachers, their peers. And then we also want to talk about it. A lot of adults often feel nervous or afraid to bring up suicide to children. A lot of people will ask, like, will I put the idea in their head? And research shows time and time again that talking about it is a very important prevention strategy and that it doesn't plant the idea in their head. And so asking directly, have you ever thought about being dead? Have you ever thought about suicide? Have you ever thought about harming yourself? And then, again, continuing the conversations all the time, not just waiting for crisis and looking out for signs. If, if your child is talking about death or dying, if you see them giving away things, mm-hmm. Um, researching death or suicide, definitely take those signs seriously and and have those conversations with them. Right, right. Good information there. So obviously, we need to be having these conversations about mental health with our kids. Let's talk a little bit because we've used the terms mental health and mental illness a lot already. What are the differences? What are we talking about here? Yeah, that's a great question. And and one that we have found when, when talking to parents through our research and surveys that not everyone agrees on the definition. So I'm glad that you asked. Um, for us at On Our Sleeves, we talk about um, mental health is our thoughts, our emotions, our behaviors. And, you know, you can have mental illness, but the absence of mental illness does not necessarily mean mental wellness, mm. right? And so mental wellness to us means having the tools and strategies, again, to cope with life stressors, to, to not get rid of emotions because emotions are normal. We're all going to feel emotions. But being able to cope with those emotions, being able to get through those emotions and being able to live our life without feeling like the emotions and thoughts are getting in the way or impairing our, our choices. 
Right. And so that's what we hope we can we can get to the kids is those tools. And then what is mental illness then? Mental illness, the way we describe it to children is that it's when our emotions or our thoughts or our behaviors start to get in the way of our daily life. It When we feel like I'm no longer able to do the things I want to do because of how I'm feeling. And so, you know, I'm, I'm not socializing or I'm not succeeding in school, not able to get up out of bed. You know, when it starts to impair our day to day, that's when we start worrying about a mental illness. Now, one of the questions I've always wondered is we talk about being mentally well for parents that maybe don't have the tools, the words for mental health and are not mentally well themselves. How do we make sure we we don't have another generation of kids coming up who don't have those words too? where can mental health step in here? Where can we get these kids help? Yeah, it's a really great question. In fact, we've asked parents if they grew up talking about mental health in their family Mm -hmm. and the majority have said no. Right. And so parents are telling us, we know mental health is important. We know our kids, uh, we should be worried about our kids' mental health, but we don't know how to talk about it. Mm-hmm. We don't know what to do. And so that's that's where we come in. That's what our resources are all about, is we give the parents the language to talk to their children about mental health. We have a, um, a whole resource that we call Operation Conversation that is all about how do I start conversations with my children, but most importantly, how do I keep it going? If my child says something, how do I react in a way that I'm going to make my child feel good and keep them talking and keep them coming back to me and build that trusting, healthy relationship with them so that we always talk to each other, so that they always feel supported? And then again, we have the tools of how do I support the habits that help them feel good? Yeah, I love why. I mean, looking at your website, I am really impressed, you know, with all the different articles you have on there, everything from managing anger in kids to how, like you were saying, how to start a conversation with kids, how to nurture kids, emotional development, how to support other mental health needs. I mean, you've got a lot of great resources on this website. And like you said, for parents who say, I don't know what I'm doing, where do I start? It is a great Mm -hmm. website to start. Yes. And one of the things I recommend, because there is so much on our website, is we have uh, an e-community that you can sign up for for free, and we send you a weekly email with a different resource each time. So that way, if you get on the website and it's like, oh my gosh, there's too much on here, you can just sign up and you'll receive this weekly email with our latest resource or something that's on trend we know people are talking about, and we're getting that word out to, to anyone that signs up. Fantastic information. Dr. Ariana Howitt, Clinical Director of On Our Sleeves and Pediatric Psychologist at Nationwide Children's Hospital. Thank you so much for your time today. We sure appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for your time on this Sunday. I'm Melissa Moore for Mile High Magazine. For more information on this podcast, this episode, all you have to do is go to your radio station's website. Go out, have a great Sunday. Remember to be kind to everyone, and I'll see you back here next Sunday.